Happy Easter. Our Lenten fasts are over. May their spiritual benefit to our souls continue on throughout the year. Our Gospel text this morning from the 16th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark is a story of the women going to the tomb to complete the treatment of Jesus' body for burial. It is a task that was not completed on Friday because Jesus was buried in a rush because the sun was setting and the Sabbath starting. A brief aside before we begin. Easter is one of the handful of days where the lectionary allows for a choice between a few different passages. In the case of Easter, they are, as should be expected, all related to the resurrection. And personally, my favorite is when Peter and John run to the tomb to see if it is really empty. John arrives first but stops. Peter gets there second and pushes past John to go inside. For those who have heard me preach on that verse in the past, you know that I use it to point out that I have one thing in common with Peter. We are both slow runners. Today, however, I want to focus on the passage from St. Mark's writing of Easter morning events. It was early in the morning at the sunrise of Sunday, the 5th of April, AD 33. Anyone interested in finding out how we know that it was the 5th of April in the year 33, please contact me and I will explain how that was figured out. And Mary, Mary, and Salome are on their way to the tomb where Jesus was buried late Friday afternoon. For the sake of clarity, let's review the names briefly. The first Mary mentioned is Mary Magdalene, a.k.a. Mary the Magdalene. There is a bit of debate about Mary Magdalene in that she has often been referred to as a prostitute. That reputation is possible based on some cross-referencing of passages that seem to be of the same event. In one, from John, the woman in the story is named Mary, but he doesn't distinguish which Mary. And in the other Gospels, the woman is not named at all. Because there are many women named Mary, there's, and, there, and the fact that there are small differences between the stories, it is possible that they are similar but different events, and therefore, which Mary it was, was it the same event, and therefore was it the same woman, and was that woman named Mary, Mary Magdalene, is all a matter of trying to discern from small details, making it possible, but not certain. In the end, the reputation of being a prostitute assigned to Mary Magdalene may or may not be accurate at all. What we do know for certain about Mary Magdalene is that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. That's recorded in Mark chapter 16. And from that fact, we can safely assume that her life prior to Jesus' intervention was one of many troubles and sinful activities. Equally important, we know that Mary Magdalene, once the demons were cast out of her, became a loyal follower of Jesus and was with the Virgin Mary, Jesus' mother, at the foot of the cross when he was crucified. Next up, we have Mary, the mother of James. When keeping track of the different Jameses in the Gospel, because the name James is almost as frequent as the name Mary, this is the James who is now known as James the Lesser, 
meaning that he was not the Apostle James, who was the brother of John, who are known together as the sons of thunder. That Apostle James is now referred to as James the Greater. And lesser or greater is not a matter of how important they are. It is most likely a reference to which was larger or smaller, or older or younger. And you will find places that will use these words instead, James the Large and James the Small, or James the Elder and James the Younger, based on the theory of the writer as to which use of greater or lesser was in play when those designations were made. Mary, the mother of James, was the mother of James and Joseph, and is believed by many to be the wife of Clopas, Although the phrase used in John's Gospel of Clopas could mean daughter or sister, wife is most likely, and many believe that Mary, the mother of James, was the sister of the Virgin Mary. This may seem odd to us because it would mean that there were two sisters named Mary in the same house, but the naming of multiple children in the same name was something that was done in early Judaism, so it is possible. The final woman in the list of those on the way to the tomb is Salome. Salome was also with the Virgin Mary at the foot of the cross during Jesus' crucifixion. And Salome is believed to be the wife of Zebedee and the mother of James and John, the previously mentioned sons of thunder and disciples of Jesus, the first called to leave their fishing nets and become fishers of people. It is quite the collection of women. Mary the Magdalene of notorious life, having been possessed by demons but saved by Jesus who cast them out. Mary the mother of James, the less, who Matthew calls the other Mary, not even getting a personal designation as Mark gave her. A follower and supporter of Jesus in whose home the disciples likely met and prayed. A quiet disciple, consistent in her devotion and dedication. And Salome the mother of James the Greater, and John, the sons of thunder, and member of Jesus' inner circle of Peter, James, and John, who went up on the mountain and witnessed the transfiguration of Jesus. Salome, who, unlike the quiet Mary, mother of James, was ambitious for her sons and asked for Jesus to seat James and John on his left and right once he was enthroned in the kingdom of heaven. All three had stood with the Virgin Mary at the foot of the cross, an important point. They stood there with the Virgin Mary, a woman who was as perfect as any human being could ever possibly be, watching her son die at the hands of the Roman soldiers. There they were, shoulder to shoulder with her, women of all backgrounds and personalities and reputations. Because the crucifixion and the sacrifice of Christ is not for the perfect and the holy, but for the demon-possessed, notorious, the quiet wallflower, the one who does not quite understand what they are asking for, but desires God's kingdom. In other words, the sacrifice is for all of us. And we are all welcome to the foot of the cross to gain the benefits of salvation. Now, as we continue to consider our collection of women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, it is early Easter morning. The text says, when the sun had risen, and they are on their way to the tomb with the spices and ointments for the anointing of Jesus' body for it to have a proper burial. And as they walked, 
they asked each other, Who will roll away the stone for us? They had watched Jesus' death. They had watched Jesus be laid in the tomb. They had watched the stone, large to the point of being four to six foot in diameter, weighing in at one to two tons, 2,000 to 4,000 pounds, get rolled in front of the entry of the tomb. They had watched the Roman officials place their seal on the tomb with the threat of death to anyone who disturbed the stone. They had watched a guard force of Roman soldiers be stationed in front of the tomb to stop anyone from approaching. They would, they witnessed everything that was in place to stop them from getting anywhere near the body of Jesus. Then, knowing that it was impossible, they got up at sunrise morning, the sunrise of Sunday morning, and accepted the impossible mission to give Jesus a proper burial. As they walked, they asked, Who will roll away the stone for us? Who is strong enough to move such a heavy stone? Who is willing to defy the Roman decree? Who is willing to face the Roman soldiers? Who is willing to risk death to roll the stone for us? At this point, a rational person is going to be thinking, It is time to turn around. This mission truly is impossible. But these women continued the mission and continued walking toward the tomb. They had faith that brought them to the foot of the cross and that faith propelled them forward even when asking, who will roll away the stone? They did not have the answer, but they knew that a solution would come by the time they got there. When Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome arrived at the tomb, the stone was rolled away. Inside was a man dressed in white, identified by the other gospel writers as an angel, who said to the women, Jesus is gone. Jesus is risen from the dead. Look, there is the place where they had laid his body, but now he goes ahead to Galilee. Go and tell Peter and the other disciples. Go to Galilee and see Jesus there. The first Easter was revealed to these faithful women. In various passages of Scripture, we have messages to have the faith of a child, we are told that it only takes a tiny amount of faith, faith the size of a mustard seed, to move mountains. I'd like to add, have the faith of one of these women. Have you lived a life that somebody might describe as demon-inspired? Stand with Mary Magdalene and know the end of such a notorious life. Are you quiet and reserved in trying to find a place? Stand with Mary, the mother of James the Less, and be the disciple who fosters prayer and refreshing to the soul. Are you seeking so hard you do not even know what you're asking for? Stand with Salome and learn to embrace in faith the fullness of God's kingdom without having to ask for special favors. Walk with these women to the tomb and experience the faith that knows two tons of stone will not get in your way. Enter the tomb with these women and know that Jesus lives. Sin and death has been conquered Leave the tomb with these women and live the new life that Easter, the resurrected Christ, the risen Son, gives to all who respond in faith. Amen.